You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, where I'm here to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Hello and welcome back. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing some things that I found with my Dutch test. So I put a little poll in my story and asked if you guys wanted to post a podcast, what you wanted for me to kind of go through what I see in my yearly Dutch test. And we had a kind of an even split between podcast and post. So I did both. The podcast will be, of course, a little bit more elaborate, a little bit more in depth. But if you want to see the visual, definitely check out my Instagram for some of the markers that I talk about. Um, and to be honest, there's really not a lot that's off with my results, but I will kind of talk about what I've seen in the past. And for those who might not know what a Dutch test is, Dutch is an acronym and it stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. And it is, in my opinion, by far the gold standard of hormone testing. I've talked about this before, but I, blood testing is only so helpful because with blood, it's kind of a snapshot in time. If you're Drive. If you are a photographer and you have a drone and you are taking the drone on the throughway and you take a picture, that is just a snapshot in time of the traffic that was driving through. Where, as if you are a toll booth or you're tracking the amount of people coming through, that is more of an analysis of traffic and you can get an idea of how many people are on the throughway at that point in time throughout the day because it's tracking multiple instances. So I see Dutch testing very similar to that because it is a urine sample. It's not blood and you're taking multiple urine samples. So because you're taking multiple, you are able to get more of a weighted average because your hormones are fluctuating frequently throughout the day. You wake up and your cortisol is at one point and you go to bed and hopefully your cortisol is at a complete different point. And your other hormones, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, all the same type of thing. So because you are taking four different samples, it is taking a weighted average. So it is able to give you a little bit more accurate representation. And then not only that, but because you are using urine, you are also able to see the metabolites of those hormones. So how are those hormones being detoxified? And this is really helpful, especially in the case of things like testosterone, where we can see, are you more androgenic? Are you favoring the five alpha pathway, which is more prone to oily skin, cystic acne, hair growth in places on your body, like your chin, or hair loss on your head, or are you not preferring that pathway because your testosterone might be normal, but how are you detoxing it? The same thing goes for progesterone. We have certain, we have the alpha pathway in the beta. The alpha is more able to cross a blood brain barrier, more anti-anxiety. So it's interesting to see how you, how your body might be favoring certain things. But then with estrogen, I think it's one of the most useful tools, especially in terms of breast cancer prevention, especially estrogenic forms of cancer, because we can see, are you going down a cancer, a cancerous or more carcinogenic pathway? Are you going down a more proliferative pathway? So do you have a lot of cramping? Do you get a lot of tender breasts? Do you get a lot of those estrogenic symptoms? Those are all things that we're able to look at. We can also look at different vitamin and uric acid not sorry, sorry, not uric acid, um, organic acid markers. So the Dutch test has B12, B6, glutathione, and they just added two new markers, three new markers, sorry, biotin, a gut marker, and a neuroinflammation marker on top of 
already dopamine, norepinephrine, and melatonin and oxidative stress. So it is kind of cool to be able to see some of those organic acids that can be playing part as well. You get a full cortisol graph throughout the day. So that's also another interesting part when if you go to the doctor and they measure cortisol, again, that's just a snapshot in time where this is nice. It plots it on a graph for you. So this is the test that I am a huge fan of. I run this test in my practice a lot. Not all, not everybody runs a hormone test and not everybody has to. I just think that especially in some cases, it is a very very, very useful resource. And then in other cases, I run this yearly on myself just to make sure that everything's running okay, that everything's looking optimal. I can compare it to last year. I can compare my symptoms and I can say, okay, this is kind of my yearly preventative test that I do on myself. So just to get started on the first page of the hormone test, we have a hormone summary. So as soon as I got my results back or whenever I'm looking at a patient's Dutch test results, I love this hormone summary page because the hormone summary, it just, it shows me, okay, what's your estrogen? What's your progesterone? What's your testosterone? So right off the bat, I can get a really good indication to see, okay, is this person estrogen dominant? Are they very androgenic? Are they ovulating? Are they making any progesterone? And then it also shows your cortisol. So it shows your free cortisol. It shows how much you're metabolizing. It shows your DHEA, and then it shows your cortisol graph. So your DHEA is interesting because that's a really important hormone for making all of the other sex hormones. So you have pregnenolone to DHEA to DHEA to testosterone, DHEA to estrogen, DHEA to progesterone. DHEA is very important. It's a very important parent hormone. So we can kind of really get a good look at what's going on just within this first page here. So when I looked at my first page, I noticed my estrogen was good. It was kind of middle of the road within limits, which was interesting to me because last year, when I took this Dutch test, my estrogen was actually quite high, uh, which was interesting for me because the year prior it was actually low. So I was surprised about that. This year, I'm happy to say that it, it does look very balanced, especially looks balanced with it, with progesterone, which progesterone looks really great. Definitely confirms that I'm ovulating. I am tracking my cycle. I used to use the Ava band. However, I've been, I was just having a lot of issues with the band itself. It got breaking. We have kept having to super glue it. So I'm wearing Temp Drop, which is a actually an arm wearable instead of a wrist wearable. I think it's way more convenient. I don't have to charge it every single night like I had to with the Ava band. I really like the insights that it provides. It gives me a little bit deeper sleep insight. So I'm I'm really liking that. So when I'm taking my Dutch test, I make sure that I take this test five to seven days after I ovulate. That's really important to make sure that you're taking it properly because you want to make sure that progesterone is at the right. You want to make sure that you are actually able to make progesterone, which you don't make progesterone if you don't ovulate. So if you're testing either too early or you haven't ovulated yet, it's not your ovulate, your progesterone's not going to be accurate. So I know when I'm ovulating one based on symptoms and two confirming it with the fertility tracker that I wear. So that's how I know when to test it. So I knew, I always, I figured that progesterone was good because I ovulate every month. I see that my temperatures rise. I see that my heart rate rises, which those are all good signs that you are making progesterone because progesterone is pro, uh, I don't want to say pro-metabolic, but it does raise your metabolism. It raises your heart rate, raises your temperature. My testosterone was good. It was middle of the road, which is good to see. Um, just having a history of cystic acne, I definitely want to keep it there. I, for women, we want to have testosterone. We don't want to have too much. We don't want to have too little. It's for all hormones. It's that Goldilocks amount and including testosterone. I think testosterone and estrogen both get a bad rap. However, 
that middle of the road, that Goldilocks is ideal. So I was really happy to see that. My cortisol was a little bit higher end of range. It was still within the range, but it was higher end. It's an, I mean, I don't feel stressed. I feel like I do a great job to manage my stress. There are specific genes that can come into account with how you process things. And I do think I have this. And I am going to be doing a podcast episode on dirty genes. But I do think that I clear things from my system very slowly. So if I were to feel a if I were to feel stressed, it takes a while for me to wind down from that stress. So I do think that I do metabolize it slowly. And typically that's due to COMT and a few other genetic markers that I'll talk about when I talk about uh, dirty genes. I'll talk about MTHFR, COMT, all of these just funny gene names and what they do. But I, I would suspect that I have slower genes in that sense because I, I know that I clear things a little bit slower. So that's why for me, liver health is a huge priority because I do want to make sure that my body's clearing things on a regular basis. My cortisol in the morning was between the dots, which is exactly where you want it. It should be lower in the morning. I have a really nice spike from waking until mid-morning in my cortisol and then my cortisol goes down in the afternoon as it should, but it's not completely bottomed out. It's again, within the middle of the range, and then it's nice and low at night because I don't have any issues falling asleep. I don't have any issues getting out of the bed in the morning. If anything, I feel naturally energized throughout the morning. So that's all really good and what what essentially I'm looking for with this daily free cortisol pattern. So like I mentioned earlier, we can look at different metabolites. So with my testosterone in the past, I had been slightly androgenic or that 5-alpha preference Currently, I am actually slightly favoring the 5-beta preference, which is great. The, the reason that we are concerned about the 5-alpha is because that 5-alpha is incredibly potent testosterone. It is so much more androgenic and so much more potent. So even if you don't have a lot, if you favor that side because it's so strong, you are going to feel so much more of those androgen symptoms. So I'm really glad that I've kind of switched myself to the other side to the more beta side. I'm still middle of the road in terms of preference, but it's slightly leaning towards the beta side, which is great. My estrogen looks good, but then I don't just stop it looking good. How do my metabolites look? Because that's really important. So we have three different metabolites. You have 2-OH, 4-OH, and 16-OH. 2-OH is the, I guess we can say, cleanest cleanest form of estrogen metabolites. It's ideally where you want majority of your estrogen going down. The 4-OH, as I mentioned earlier, is more prone to DNA damage and can be more carcinogenic. So we really want to limit that one as much as possible. And then the 16-OH is the proliferative pathway. So it makes things grow. And especially in the case of cancer, we don't want that because it's going to make things grow. It can make your breast tissue grow, which is to an extent good. But if you're dealing with fibrocystic breasts or tender breasts, especially before your period, that's still not good or not normal. So we do want to be able to look at those things that can make you have worse cramping. So these are all just really important markers that we want to make sure are within good range. So the majority of my estrogen detox is going down the 2-OH pathway. About 81% of my detox is through that pathway. I have only about 7%, which the range that Dutch gives you is about 7 to 7.5 to 11 and is what you want going through the 4-OH and I'm at only a 7, so that's great. And then the 16-OH, I'm at about 11%, which the their range is about a 13 to 30%. So I'm doing 2-2 
toot my own horn. I'm doing pretty good with estrogen detox here, which is good. Interesting to look at because I've seen so many Dutch tests where their estrogen is normal, but their 16 OH is incredibly high or their 4 OH is incredibly high. And that's a really good sign to me that, hey, your liver needs some help. Your body needs some work clearing these things out. And we really want to make sure that you're pushing that estrogen down a better pathway. Phase two of estrogen, we can look at on the Dutch test through COMT, which is, um, again, that gene that I told you I'll do a podcast on to talk about. But if you've read Dirty Genes, you know about it. Dirty Genes is a book by Ben Lynch, Dr. Ben Lynch. He's great. Um, I could definitely do a podcast kind of highlighting some of these. But we're looking at COMT and methylation. And I think just genetically, like I mentioned, I'm a little bit lower of a methylator. So it's not as big of a deal because I don't have a ton of estrogen floating through my system, but that can be a bigger deal if I had a lot more estrogen and my body's just not able to clear it properly. And then the third part of estrogen detox that we cannot directly look at on the Dutch test, but I always ask when I'm working with someone is, do you have regular bowel movements? Because your colon is phase three detoxification. So we treat it phase three, two, one. We don't spot treat just phase one if you're not pooping, because that's the most important thing. So for me, I have two to three bowel movements every single day. They're formed, they're healthy. That's something that I've worked on for years. So I know that my phase three is working a lot better than especially that it used to be. I wish I had this touch test five years ago when I was struggling with that. So then we can kind of get into some adrenal stuff. We can look at the hypothalamus, pituitary, and pineal. So your pineal gland makes your melatonin. Melatonin's essential for getting you to sleep. Magnesium's essential for keeping you to sleep. So I have no issue getting to sleep or staying asleep. So my melatonin's great. I don't supplement with melatonin. There's some times where I see melatonin incredibly high, and uh, I can assume that they are supplementing. Melatonin is something that I would be careful about supplementing with because melatonin's a hormone that is being made naturally in your pineal gland and you can make it and support it being made naturally through darkness. So I wear blue light blocking glasses. We don't do a ton of blue light. I put my phone away an hour before, at least an hour away before bed. A lot of times we like to come out on the deck and read. If we are watching a show, like I said, I have blue light glasses on and we have low lights in the house. None of the harsh fluorescent overhead lighting, especially at night. I'm probably walking around stubbing my toe on things. Not as much in the summer because by the time I'm going to bed, it's potentially still a little light out. Not as much at this time of year, but in the in July, I would be going to bed and it was still light. So there's that, but that's okay. Um, so we can look at melatonin. Like I mentioned, DHEA, that's coming from your adrenal gland. So it's coming from the outer cortex of your adrenal gland if we want to be specific, where cortisol is also coming from your adrenal gland as well. So uh, circulating free cortisol we can look at on the cortisol graph. You can see how your body is preferring cortisol to cortisone. Sometimes when you're prone to making a lot of cortisol, your bo the body can deactivate it to cortisone, which is the deactivated form of cortisol, which it looks like I do have that preference, which is interesting. Um, like I said, my energy is fine during the day. I have no issue waking up. I have no issue going to bed. I, do, I enjoy coffee, but I don't need it throughout the day. I just have a pretty good time with natural energy. Then when we look at my organic acids, my B12 was good. B12 is really important because it's going to help make your stomach acid. B12 is essential for hormones. It's essential for digestive health. So it's nice to look at those markers. My B6 marker, one of them was a little out of range. So for that reason, um, I might potentially be supplementing with a little bit more B6 because knowing that my cortisol is higher, high cortisol can 
make you a little bit more deficient in B vitamins, especially B6. The glutathione marker on my first Dutch test, I was so upset because that marker was out of range. However, now my glutathione is great. I definitely contribute that to my nightly castor oil packs because that's a really great way to boost glutathione naturally. You can take glutathione supplementally. You can take N-acetylcysteine, which sometimes I take that because that's a, a kind of a precursor to your body making glutathione. Um, my biotin marker looks good. My gut marker, um, Indican, which is essentially looking for dysbiosis, um, is perfect within range. So that's definitely cool. These are all new markers. So I had never had these tested before, so I don't have anything to compare them to the, at least the biotin and the gut marker. Those are new. The dopamine was within range, which I'm super happy because last time I did dopamine, it was high end of range. So anything that's high or low can indicate a deficiency or issue. So, um, last time I definitely remember experiencing a lot of cravings, insatiable cravings. And so it's nice to see that my dopamine is a little bit more regulated and within range. I definitely also attribute that to like being setting more time being off my phone because we think of dopamine hits from food, but dopamine hits also come from social media. They come from, which I am the first person to say, like, I totally feel it. Like in the morning when I break my social media fast and I don't look at it for the hour before bed or the first hour awake, I almost feel like a dopamine hit looking at it. So I, I am conscious of that and I do try to be aware. However, a lot of what I do is on social media. So I, I know I have to be on it, but I, I do try to limit it. And I think that helps. Um, my norepinephrine or epinephrine marker was a little low end of range. So just want to make sure I'm continuing to support my adrenals to make sure that I don't reach a burnout or sympathetic overload phase. Um, my neuroinflammatory marker was good. Melatonin was good. And then my oxidative stress marker was good. So those are, those are really all the markers that I saw within my Dutch test. Currently my hormone goals are just to maintain clear skin, uh, probably trying for pregnancy within the next year, give or take. If it happens, it happens. I know that I'm in a great place hormonally to be able to support it. Um, but that's kind of like maybe like a long, I wouldn't, I don't even want to say long-term goal, but like medium term goal. Um, I definitely want to make sure I'm continuing to support my adrenals because as someone who works with others, I can't pour into an empty cup. And so it's really important for me to make sure that in order to give my best to everybody that I work with and my husband and my family and everything, like I need to know that my adrenals and my body's taken care of because I don't want to go into a burnout phase where I'm not feeling motivated to do anything. Um, I'm not feeling drive to create content or to, to do anything to move forward, I guess, with my business or helping people. So those are just things that I want to just make sure I continue to stay on top of. Stress management is really important. Getting good sleep is really important. Obviously, nourishment is a very much of much so important to me. So those are all things that I'm just going to continue working on going forward. But if you guys are interested in running a Dutch test, you can go to my website, drhaleyshoff.com. If you go to the consults tab or drhaleyshoff.com slash consults, you can go all the way to the bottom and fill out the functional test inquiry. And I can send you details on what the cost of the test is, what it includes. I offer it for 400. It does retail for more online. So I do try to offer it for as cheap as I can or as affordable as I can. That does not include interpretation. So I have two different interpretation options. You can have a hybrid option where I just am sending you a video recording me kind of kind of like this, going through your Dutch test, telling you why things might be off, telling you what I would recommend. There wasn't much off with mine for me to be like, hey, I would recommend adding this food, this, 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 this. Um, but I would in the case of 
seeing that on a Dutch test. So that's what you'd get with a hybrid, or we can do a full-on one-on-one session. We have lots of options. So if you're if that's something that you're interested in, definitely let me know. Head to my website and fill out that inquiry. And if there's any questions that you guys have, feel free to just shoot me an email, info at drhaleyshoff.com, and I will be more than happy to get it back to you guys. So anyways, I hope that this was helpful. I hope that you learned something, and I will see you next time.
and otherwise skincare, vitamin C can be very helpful using something like a glycolic acid or at home type peel that you can use. I noticed a really big impact with the beauty counter overnight resurfacing peel. I love using a great vitamin C serum because that's going to buff out any type of discoloration or darkness. There's a new mask from beauty counter that's a AHA. So it's a, it's an acid based mask. It's kind of like an at home peel that's safe enough that you can use a few times. I usually, usually use it two times a week, but that's really helpful. Like I said, protecting it from the sun when you're in the active melasma flare. But now I am in the sun all the time. I haven't seen it come back, knock on wood, knock on wood. Uh, but it's really about once your hormones are balanced and I will be able to take a look at my hormones once I do my Dutch test this year, which I'm going to do it this month. So I will be able to see, does my estrogen look different this time than it did last year? So that's it for questions today. Thank you guys for submitting questions in the question box. I Hope that this was helpful and I hope that you guys have a good rest of the week.